4: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
5: This is Live Bet Saturday on v the sports betting network. We are Live Bet Saturday presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Danny Burke in places far away out there in uh, Chicago. Uh, we do have a game underway. Kansas State with the ball back, and they are driving Deuce Vaughn with a nice little scamper for a first down. Kansas State has the ball is a 7-7 tie and they are at about midfield and also the MAC championship game underway that of course uh, that score has been pretty much the same score since we've come on the air 7-0 we'll keep you updated on both of those contests in game standpoint for both of these games one and a half is the spread in favor of TCU in game total of 58 and a half as that is yanked off the board so we'll see if something transpires here and also uh, off the board the MAC championship game oh boy see I love watching these this is um, this is great watching these live I don't know what your setup is like, but um, it did look like, are we going to get a targeting penalty here? So to understand what happened here, uh, it did look like Will Howard went down the seam to, I think that was Deuce Vaughn who bobbled it and was just leveled uh, for an incomplete pass. But now a flag is out on the field and they are discussing and I would assume, Danny, they're going to call targeting even though it pretty clearly looked like shoulder-to-shoulder contact.
6: Yeah, those calls are always so tricky when it happens live. I mean, again, you can't be perfect as an official. We criticize them all the times, and rightfully so a majority of the time. But those targeting rules, especially in college where they really hammer it down, it's just so hard to gauge that while it's happening. So when you look at the replay, again, I haven't seen the replay yet, but it may look like it is shoulder in the moment. It's, it's just so tough to gauge, and it's really a huge penalty too. Like, that's costly. For TCU, right? If you give Kansas State momentum, which they already were getting after the touchdown, they're getting a stop defensively, and you know, getting a chunk of yardage after that play. Fair. But <laughs>
5: man, that's tough. That's like that's bad. I don't know what we're supposed to, you're supposed to do here again. So uh, the TCU safety goes to separate him from the ball. Vaughn's going down to the field, but it is it's shoulder pad to the side of the helmet. So that's probably what they're looking at here, and they're going to call. Um but the flag's already out, so we'll see what this is going to be the case. But I would assume that there is uh, um, nothing being confirmed here when we get back. But uh, Sunny Dykes, rightfully so, is pretty upset uh, with that call. Yeah, You're supposed bad. to separate the guy from the ball. He's If you don't, then he's going to get that on the bobble and it's going to be a completion. So does not look like a really great call. But of course, uh, we have seen... Uh, that doesn't really matter, and that's probably going to stand. So, all right, with that, I'll keep you up to date on what that penalty is going to be. In-game, by the way, we have a number up here. Second quarter, Toledo 3.5 with a total of 44.5. Again, that score the same, 7 nothing with Toledo up on top. So, we have not hit on the ACC championship game between you and I, Danny. And I wanted to get that out there uh, before we forget. So, let's go there. As uh, right now over at BetMGM, I was about to say, I don't know why I was about to say something else. I, mean, I had a brain freeze there. Um, North Carolina and Clemson. Clemson is a seven and a half point favorite. Shaded to the favorite side at about, uh, or excuse me, the underdog side at minus 115. Total 63 and a half. Did you have any opinion on this matchup? I, I really didn't think that I wanted to get involved in, in either way. Uh, my initial thought was to look at North Carolina, but given how they've played offensively the last two weeks, I would be I was very turned off by it. So as you look at it here, did you have any inkling to play one way or the other because we've been sitting at seven and a half eight all week long?
6: Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you right? like the thought process would be to take over a touchdown with North Carolina given how dynamic their offense has been, but the last two weeks have not instilled any confidence on the side of the Tar Heels. I guess simultaneously, it's not like Clemson has really done anything that impressive this entire year to make you confident that they could beat this Tar Heels team by more than a touchdown. So I was pretty much torn on that JBT and I actually played this total. I played it over 63. I know in some shops it's moved up to 64, but this Tar Heels defense granted again, a little bit better the past two weeks, but that was against the likes of Georgia Tech and NC State. Their defense is so bad. And if you can get the rhythm back offensively with Drake May, again, despite what you've seen the last couple of weeks, and and knowing that these teams clearly don't have a shot for the college football playoff, I do think it's going to be more loosely played, a lot of offense, back and forth type of battle, and just a classic North Carolina type of shootout. So instead of sweating out whichever spread it's going to be, I just think it's going to be higher scoring here and probably does come to the wire, come down to the wire. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see at least one of these teams get the 40 points based at least on the lack of defense you have seen from North Carolina, if you think that Clemson is going to cover that number, they're probably going to do it in drastic fashion because of how many holes there are on North Carolina's defense. They haven't been playing well all season. Why would they start all of a sudden right now when there's not as much on the line, especially after these last two losses? So I'm just expecting a bunch of scoring in this game. And again, played over 63. And you know now that it's moved a decent amount, it's not that I'd be Recommending to run to the counter and still bet it, but I, I certainly would not be looking at an under in this game.
5: So the uh, targeting uh, targeting was reversed. The call was reversed. So that goes from a potential big play to a second and ten incomplete pass uh, for Kansas State, and then uh, excuse me, a three yard pickup, I should say, for Kansas State, and then on a third and seven, awesome pass breakup by Josh Newton of TCU. TCU is going to get the ball back at their own. We'll call it like the six-yard line after a pretty good special teams play by Kansas State, but a very big reverse there for the Horned Frogs, and they're going to get the ball back in a 7-7 tie. We should note, too, Danny, so one of the things that we saw pre-flop, there were two things that we saw uh, for this game, right? The first was Kansas State goes off as the favorite, but we also saw the total drop to about 60.5, and, and in-game, I mean, this is off to a pretty slow start here scoring-wise. Uh, we are down to 55.5 half. Uh, when it comes to the in-game total right now, and I have to say, like, generally, right, you're kind of looking for, uh, when you say value, as everybody says, essentially you're looking for, okay, is there a reason to play this thing over? Are we going to go against script so far and try to find some value on a number that is much lower than the pre-flop total, and I would say so far, I haven't really seen a bunch. I guess the argument you're making is that both Kansas State and TCU have been pretty aggressive in their passing attacks and that their average depth of targets are relatively deep. We've seen Duggan take multiple shots into the end zone. We've seen Kansas State take a couple of shots downfield as well. And that if you're betting this thing over, that you're banking on those game plans to resume and that they're going to start to find success downfield and those explosive plays are coming for both offenses.
6: Yeah, it's, I don't think you would want to jump in on the total going over right now, but you do make some good points, right? And the fact that they're taking these deep shots, and when it's incomplete, it's stopping the clock, so it's not really winding things down. But there haven't been like that momentous of, like in terms of consistency, each team has had one great drive, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's been stalled on the other. So there hasn't been an indication for me to go, okay, we're getting that so-called value right now because the total's adjusted so much. If honestly, if the defenses keep playing this way and on the side of Kansas State, they're being a tad bit more conservative, right? They had the big explosive play, but everything else has kind of been, you know, settled back. I would wait to see if there's a quick score from TCU and maybe actually jump in on the under. Not that I'm like going to do that because I'm probably just going to sweat out TCU. But for someone looking to get involved, I think that would be the more attractive angle right now because it doesn't seem like there's been that seamless offense where you could just watch it and be like, yeah, I have confidence these guys are going to move the ball downfield with ease. There hasn't been any indication of that so far. So I-, I wouldn't be as eager to look to bet the over. I would be more so waiting to see if we get a quick score and then perhaps jump in on the under.
5: Do you want the NBA update? Oh, I want it. Feed me. Luka Doncic and the uh, Dallas Mavericks um, down 32-20 to the New York Knicks at the end of the first quarter. So uh, it is not going well. I don't know if you've been keeping up with uh, what's going on with Dallas, but uh, they're kind of desperate for some offense outside of Luka Doncic. They tried to sign Facundo Campazzo about uh, three weeks ago or so. That didn't really work out, so they cut him and then signed Kemba Walker. So they have been desperate for some other uh, sort of creation offensively outside of Doncic, and uh, as we are seeing, not going very well. Coming off of a loss to the Pistons, uh, they are in coming into this game 1-5 in their last six games, and uh, the worst cover team in the NBA, the Dallas Mavericks, and they are on their way to uh, being just that yet again as they closed pre-flop one-point favorites in this matchup. We have... A touchdown, finally, another one at least. Toledo in Ohio. Ohio finds the end zone. The extra point is good. So, in the MAC championship game out there in Detroit, where our own Stormy Bonatoni is at the sidelines, we have a 7 7 tie, 6.47 left to go in the second quarter. Toledo, three and a half point favorite, minus 105 over at Benham Gym, if you want to lay it, with a total of 47.5. And, and we are just getting started on this drive for TCU as they are tied with Kansas State. So, they're going to get this ball right now at about their own eight-yard line, see if they can go another 92 yards and get a touchdown. So with that, we've talked a lot about these. Let's go to the one championship game that do have a little bit of skin in the game. Uh, before the season started, I did bet Fresno State to win this title at 3-1. to one. Now, I think it's funny because on the surface, all right, cool, I've got a ticket on Fresno State to win this game at 3-1, to one, and money line-wise, they're like plus 150 or something in that range, right? Depending on where you look. Uh, plus 135 over at BetMGM. But Danny... The, uh, and Tim Brando, when we talked to him in the last hour, alluded to this. The arduous journey, at one point, I'm like, the, 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 like this is a wasted ticket. This is burned. There's no shot. Jake haner goes down with an ankle injury. He misses time. And yet here we are, the Fresno State Bulldogs in the Mount West Championship game. And getting support, by the way. This thing opened up 4-4.5, four, four and, and we're down to this 3 with a total of 54.5 over at BetMGM. I'm not sure if you had an opinion here. I Obviously, I have this ticket, so I'm a little jaded with my thoughts. I also think that the market's getting this right and putting this in the direction of Fresno State. Hayner has been incredible. His last four games, he has not committed a turnover in his last four games. PFF passing grades of over 90 and three out of the last four. He is a difference maker and they're a much different team that got blown out 40-20 by this Boise State team. Did you have any thoughts here? Because I think the Bulldogs obviously are pretty live.
6: Yeah, I, I didn't have anything here, but now that it's moved down to three, I guess the only way I would look to approach it would be to wait for the Bulldogs to see if they're going to catch some more points again if Boise State does get up to that early lead. Because again, I, I don't care to take right on three considering you could easily push that since it was kind of a more narrow spread to begin with, and now it's just flatline there. Uh, I am curious, your thoughts, though, in terms of your strategy. So you have the three-to-one ticket. Are you riding it out no matter what, or if an opportunity presents itself, you don't like what you're seeing as much, will you hedge a little bit on the other side with Boise State?
5: Yeah, it's not like a massive ticket that's going to change my life, so I think I'll prop more than often, sure. ride it out, like unless something happens where there's like a too-good-to- pass-up opportunity with Boise State, like in the first quarter, right? Opening drive touchdown for Fresno State, then fumble, the in the end zone and it's like a 14-0 lead right off the bat for Fresno State, then I might jump in and grab a small plus price on Boise State, but I've got a lot of confidence in Fresno State, and there's a reason why I bet them before the season started. I thought they'd run away with this thing and be hosting this game, because remember, this is one of those games that is not on a neutral. This is in Boise, uh, for those who don't remember. It's going to be on the Smurf turf. I thought it would be Fresno State hosting this thing, but I think I'm going to ride this out for the most part. I like it, baby. Can't wait. We'll be rooting for you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Unless you go in game against me and then screw you. All right. We'll come back. (laughs) We have uh, plenty left to get to uh, here on the program live. But Saturday, we'll talk about some more big game breakdowns. Some of the smaller conference championship games we have yet to hit on as well.
1: This is Live Bet Saturday on VCN, the Sports
5: Betting Network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odd specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. As I look up, Knowles rumbling down the sideline for Kansas State, and K-State is going to uh, get this ball. We'll call this uh, catch and run. I don't know how many yards, but it was a nice little jet sweep that's going to set them up well inside TCU territory, We say down at about the TCU 30-yard line, maybe a little bit further than that might be the 25. So a good drive starting already for Kansas State. And a game of which we were talking about Uh, Again, an empty possession for TCU. One, not looking good for TCU after an opening drive, in which they looked very good, Danny. And remember, that missed field goal looms pretty large here for TCU. Uh, But also, a game that looked like it was going to be pretty high scoring. Uh, Not the case, as Deuce Vaughn pulls in a uh, contested catch at the one-yard line. First and goal, Kansas State, as they are, as they say, knocking at the door. Uh, A quick update, or I guess not an update, College Hoops. Um, Elliot, our producer, pointed this out that we should. Will Howard's into the end zone on a quarterback keeper, so we'll see what the updated line is as they take a 13-7 lead over TCU. Um, Florida State's about to play basketball in like 45 minutes or so. Uh, they get Virginia here, and uh, it's worth pointing this out because, well, Florida State has not been very impressive so far, and uh, they find themselves up against it here against Virginia. Uh, I think I've got them at uh, right now, Florida State catching 17-and-a-half with a total of 129-and-a-half. Uh, the sharp market, Danny, has been all in on fate in Florida State. This is a team that's only got two covers so far this year, the last, of course, against Elliott's uh, Purdue Boilermakers as they were laying a pretty big number. Uh, but just wanted to point out that uh, they are playing, and these numbers continue to grow here for Florida State, catching now 18-and-a-half over at BetMGM on the road against uh, Virginia. What's your college basketball intake like at this point of the year? Uh, it's zero. Uh, I'm not even lying. Yeah. I I
6: don't do any college basketball until we get to about conference play and we kind of get into the thing. I know, I know, know, but once you kind of really get into the rhythm of it, I just, I'm kind of one of those, I look, I I don't want to just kind of, I'm trying not to swear, but you know, half, you know, a word it when it comes to handicapping college basketball, because if I'm going to handicap something, I want to be fully ingrained with it. I don't want to just do it just to do it. So I'm not going to kind of try to put on a facade and act like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to college hoops. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of mm-hmm. let everything get settled. And then I'll start betting it a little bit later in the year once I get more comfortable with it. So, Hey, I, I can't say I've been following it too closely right now. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. JVT. I'm sorry,
5: buddy. Uh, you <laughs> are, you're making a very big mistake because in our line of business, what you do is you pretend like, you know what you're talking about uh, <laughs> because you're not allowed to not know things when it That's comes true. to media. Um, update two, by the way, we have an upset brewing, maybe. Uh, Syracuse closing as a 6.5-point underdog on the road against Notre Dame. They are leading right now, 11-10 left to go in the second, 50 to 50-48. Uh, a relatively solid start to the season for the fighting Irish, off to a 6-1 start, uh, but right now trailing against Syracuse. So we'll see if that result holds. So keep an update on that uh, from an in-game standpoint. I don't know really how many people care on this college football Saturday. Um, but right now, I will tell you. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I think I've got it in front of me. In game right now. No, that is the uh, that's the New York Knicks game. One and a half point spread in favor of Notre Dame with a total of one thirty eight and a half.
6: Okay, hey JVT. Uh, one thing, really quick, when they were coming back to this TCU Kansas State game, I forgot, and now I am very excited because we have that uh, competition at halftime where they do the tuition, right? Where they're yes. tossing the balls into it. We got to get lines on on the kids participating in that. That's what we got to talk about from an in game perspective to keep the action going during halftime. What strategy are they doing? The two handed throw, the one handed, or under? You know, it's all over the place, but always exciting.
5: If uh, if I was coaching a person for that. Uh, I think it would be coaching malpractice to do anything other than the push shot because that would give you the best. I've also, I was thinking about this yesterday. So I had one, the greatest margin of victory for a kid who has won that thing. I've always wondered like what has been like the biggest blowout in the Dr. Pepper tuition challenge history. And also, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's actually a third bucket of balls that's like five yards back from the two that are up front. Can you get to that? Like, I've never seen anybody throw the balls with such vigor that they run out in the first two, and then they go back to the further one, and maybe those are worth more. Um, But questions that need to be answered as we approach one of the, of course, greatest traditions in college football history now, which is the Dr. Pepper Tuition Challenge, which everybody loves. So, we'll see. Looking forward to it. Kickoff right now. We're waiting for the kickoff between these. And also, uh, in our MAC championship game, it does seem that Ohio has turned the ball over. Deep pass down the left sideline is intercepted. So Toledo's going to take this, uh, this uh, baby over right now at about, I will call it their own 20-yard line. It's actually going to be right at the own 20-yard line. So Toledo's got the ball back in this tie game. That's a low-scoring affair as well. Should also point out that this in-game total, is started to drop Nate Bauer with the interception give you an update on the in game total once it pops back up, but we're still sitting at seven, seven with about five minutes left to go in the second quarter. So this is going to be a total that has dropped quite a bit from a pre-flop number as Toledo gets their drive started here. All right, with that. So we talked about a couple of the conference championship games in a big picture standpoint, and we've talked a lot about the uh, power fives and we've hit on every single one of them. We'll go to some of these smaller conferences. Danny, did you have anything as we go to the American Tulane opening up as a two and a half point favorite up to four with, of course, quarterback questions over at UCF and uh, the health of John Reese Plumley. and Tulane, of course, too. Danny, it's very much worth pointing out tied with Oregon State for the best cover rate in the country. Ten and two against the spread coming into this game. Uh, much like TCU, the market has been pretty low on Tulane and is not really
0: adjusted
6: yeah man this one's very tricky I, with UCF I never get a great read on them but I kind of agree with what Brad Thomas was saying earlier in the show and not often do you want to trust them but in this spot that would perhaps be where I would lean taken for with them uh, defensively they've been a big improvement this year while still keeping their dominance on the offensive side of the ball so that's what kind of makes their side here catching over a field goal Pretty alluring, but uh, again, JBT, I haven't done anything pre-flop. I'll be curious to see what kind of tempo we have with this total, seeing at about fifty-seven. Because if UCF does find a way to win this game outright, like we've seen in so many instances beforehand, it's probably going to be a higher-scoring affair. So, if you do like UCF, you're not fully there, but you think they could keep it close, maybe consider the total going over in this spot.
5: Man, Max Duggan's got to want—he's going to want that one back. Tay Barber was wide open in the middle of the field. That might have been a catch and run for a touchdown, Jeez. and he completely overshot him, put way too much mustard on that thing. And, yes, pressure was coming, but he had time to deliver that, um, and he ultimately does not. So that's a really big missed opportunity for TCU, whose offense has completely disappeared here as of late, and that's another incomplete pass. So TCU's going to end up with a third and ten. But a couple of missed opportunities now for the Horned Frogs, right? Missed field goal on their second drive, and then Duggan right now, a little bit all over the place, Uh, maybe some pressure mounting for the Horned Frogs, but that was one, I mean, you just saw it, I think that looked like, at the very least, that's getting you inside the 20-yard line.
6: Yeah, and and the pressure really didn't come till right after he threw it, so it's not like it was as he was throwing it or he saw it coming before, so it was kind of an inexcusable miss from Max Duggan and pretty uncharacteristic out of him being one of the top Heisman guys and based on just these performances we've seen, he doesn't miss that throw too often, but let's remember, JBT, we talked about this game before it started and we said we knew it wasn't going to be easy with TCU. It flipped toward Kansas State. There's a reason why it was a narrow spread in the first place. This is the second time they're facing each other i wouldn't panic i'm not panicking being on the side of tcu i'm saying to anybody out there and if you haven't gotten involved tcu has been in this situation many many times so perhaps there could be what we're looking for that value in game wise with the horn frogs
5: yeah three-man rush and uh duggan uh tries to escape it and uh, does not really get a lot on that run so this is going to be a fourth and five fourth and six tcu is going to punt this ball again back to Kansas state. So this defense uh, locking up really nicely for Kansas state over the last couple of drives, they lead 14 seven. They're about to get the ball back in game. As you mentioned, four and a half point favorite, Uh total backup to around the pre-flop number of 61 and a half. Um, and actually should say it's more like the opening number pre-flop closed about sixty and a half. and a half. It opened up 62 when we were talking about it last weekend on the opening lines, uh, program. All right. The others, I really didn't have an opinion on either of these, as you mentioned, right. To take a, a, a page out of your book, Danny, um, Not really following a ton from a uh, breakdown standpoint for Coastal Carolina, Troy. Uh, or that UCF-Tulane matchup I didn't really have a strong opinion on. Worth mentioning, though, these matchups, too, you get a bunch of these teams who come in on some pretty nice runs. Troy's another one of them. Troy 9-3 against the spread this season. They come in, I think it's seven consecutive games, which Troy has covered. Uh, They have been playing some really good football, and as we mentioned, I don't think that you can really want to get involved unless you get official news that one Grayson McCall is going to be available uh, for Coastal Carolina.
6: Yeah, exactly. There's nothing that I would do right now until I get that confirmation. But, I mean, Coastal Carolina is always kind of the more intriguing side, but we're just going to have to wait and see. And especially with this number being at seven. I don't like... I mean, their last performance against JMU kind of scares you a little bit from getting fully invested on them. So, uh, yeah, nothing that I liked here that much, JBT, I'll just be looking forward to some of the later action with that Clemson and Michigan matchup. But did anything stand out to you here? Did you like this? Because Coastal Carolina's defense has been a liability. So I I get the attraction toward Troy, but uh, the unknown scares me.
5: No, the unknown there and the fact that, look, I've already... As an NBA better... Uh, I've already been burned by a a lot of NBA or excuse me, injury shenanigans. So when I see Pete Thamble say, cautious optimism, though, Grayson McCall, no, tell me he's playing or not, and then maybe I'll have an opinion one way or the other. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to. Brandon Marcello is going to join us next to get his thoughts on the slate that is to be here on Championship Saturday in college football. This is live bet Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. You know, I made a demand the other day. I was like, "The people need more. They need more Cyber Monday." And Bill 80 was like, "You know what, John? You're right. We'll do that for you, sir." So the Cyber Monday deal has been extended. Sign up today to become a VSEN Pro subscriber. They get a daily recap of the top plays made by VSEN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Deep dive daily betting reports that includes mine it's up there right now vsin.com slash jvt for the nba every single day plus upcoming college bowl super bowl betting guides and more new vsin pro annual subscribers also get a 30 dollars credit to the vsin store hurry it's an extended cyber monday offer that won't last long i'll tell them when to pull it down so sign up now. Perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Uh, none of that is true. I have zero power. Nobody would ever listen to me. Come on. And,
6: you got a lot of pull here, buddy. Uh, I believe I've been it.
5: trying uh, as we, uh, we welcome in our next guest, Brandon Marcello, who's nice enough to give us some time here today. We'll get his thoughts. By the way, college football uh, analyst for 24-7 sports. I've been trying in the VEASAN store, Brandon. How about this? Your sports betting guy. Uh, we have a lot of slogans and cute shirts. For those who like to lay a lot of chalk, if I'm playing it, I'm laying it. What do you think?
8: Sure. It needs to be, it needs to be like some fancy font.
5: Yep. Yep. Maybe have something in there to kind of spice it up. If you're playing it as we transition awkwardly, um, if you're playing it, are you laying it later today with Michigan against the spoiler makers? Is this true? Jeff Brom, right? He's three and O against top three teams in the country. Is he not? Yeah. Top three. Here's the thing.
8: He's not just three and O. He's beaten all of them by double digits yeah, baby. as a double digit underdog. Um, but not this time, man. Uh, I think I, I think Michigan's gonna. Uh, I don't think Michigan covers, but I think Michigan's gonna win by you know fourteen, sixteen points. I think Michigan's just gonna like they're gonna get up like twenty-one to three, and then just put their foot down on their neck and just run it out. Um, I, I just the the Big Ten championship game has just not been enjoyable, really. Yep. In the last like eight years, the Big Ten East is eight zero against the against the West. This is the fifth straight Big Ten championship game with a double digit spread, um, and I, it's just there's not going to be much fireworks tonight.
6: Well, looking a little bit beyond for Michigan, Brandon, when you think about the entire outlook of this team are you of the notion that they should have been in this spot being a top-two squad the entire season, or were you someone who's kind of been holding back on them, seeing some of the flaws within that unit?
8: I was holding back on them early because, I mean, goodness, their first five games were the worst, worst stretch yeah. in all of football, the strength of schedule. But after that, you start seeing, okay, the the opponents are getting better, but they just continue to like play their own type of style and kind of name their own uh, name their own points, their scoreboard there. They remind me a lot as far as, like, maybe in a certain sense, they're like almost the same family of what Georgia's been doing this season. You know, the, 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 the narrative is that Georgia's just out there toying with opponents, just doing what they have to do to win games. Maybe they're sleepwalking. Michigan's been about strength of schedule, but Michigan's just pushed everybody around the trenches all season. And dare I say that this offensive line this season might be better than the offensive line they had last year, which won the Joe Moore Award, and um, Michigan is certainly deserving of a top two spot right now. And then right now, in my rankings, I've got them. I've got him number one in the country over Georgia.
5: Big picture, what do you make of this uh, nonsense that Alabama is still alive, or maybe you don't think it's nonsense? Maybe you think the Crimson Tide get in, depending on what happens today. There, there's people who are making the case, uh, Brandon, that they would even leap a one-loss Ohio State after the result of USC, but th- they're eliminated, right?
8: It's, they got to be. It's ridiculous. And uh, to be quite honest, I mean, we talk about the the committee and being about money and TV matchups and all that. Yeah, maybe so, but this would be a bridge too far. This would completely rip the curtain back and show them to be buck naked back back there. When I just do not see them doing that. And you just look at the resume. The, the criteria, those five criteria, the College Football Playoff Committee follows. Alabama just doesn't beat TCU in any of them. Especially when it comes to just the strength of schedule and the amount of ranked wins and everything. You got two losses. Alabama's most oppressive win this season is on the road against Texas. What are we talking about? I, if that happens, there there should be riots in the streets outside of the playoff uh, headquarters there in uh, North Texas.
5: A quick update, Kansas State, Danny, goes for it on fourth and one. They get stuffed, so TCU's going to take this back over 14-7 to with uh, just over three minutes left to go here, and they get an explosive play right away. Johnston's going to get up to the 30 and then fumble it. K-State recovers, so the mistakes continue to pile up here For TCU, a missed field goal, missed throws for Max Duggan, and now a fumble on what would have been an explosive play and set them up inside the K-State 30-yard line. Uh, Brandon, what have you made of this so far And what we've seen? It seems like this has been – K-State's been playing well, but TCU and the mistakes that we're seeing so far have been abysmal.
8: Yeah, and here's the other thing. That was a nice enough throw by Max Duggan. Max Duggan's been missing high on a lot of his throws today. And credit Kansas State for rushing him in to, into some of these throws. But some of these, I just – he's not playing the way we've seen him all season. That's a little concerning as they could potentially get into the playoff here and obviously try to win this Big 12 championship game. And, by the way, why are you running the small deuce Vaughn right. more than short? What are between you doing? The, between the <laughs> tackles, right? Uh, pitch it out <clears> to throat> <him> throat> Do that. <laughs>
6: I was just going to say, Brandon, so looking a little bit later today, uh, a game that we've touched on briefly. I do have a play in this one with the total, but what do you make of North Carolina and Clemson? It's it's kind of a weird spot here with Drake May, and based on how the Tar Heels' offense has looked as of late, Clemson's laying over a touchdown, however. Uh, where do you kind of lean in this spot with where the spread has moved to?
8: I'll tell you what, I, I, I have not, I'm not touching it. Uh, (laughs) uh, Both teams coming off just disappointing finales in the regular season. And Drake May for North Carolina, as great as he's been all season, his last two games have not been very good. In fact, they've been pretty pedestrian. Um, I I have some concerns there. And going against a really good Clemson defense, this is going to be the best defense North Carolina has faced all year. And despite Clemson's defense actually underperforming themselves, I think Drake May is in for a heap of trouble. So if, if I wanted to like put some money on it, I would I would go with Clemson here, to to cover and 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 maybe win by ten or more. Just because I think Drake May I think he started hearing that Heisman hype finally huh. these last few weeks, and I think that affected him a little bit. I mean, you're playing the likes of Duke, and struggling, uh, in the passing game. That shouldn't be happening.
5: So, Brandon, we've mentioned one of the big favorites here on Conference Championship Saturday. That was Michigan. Uh, We were talking about Georgia and LSU earlier, and my whole thing was if you're making – like the case for LSU, I think, is more about you're hoping Georgia doesn't want to show up today like they did against Kent State, like they did against Missouri, uh, like they did early against Florida, as opposed to looking at what LSU can do strategically and stay within this number. Am I right in thinking that, or do you think that LSU's got something schematically they can use to stay in this game and be pretty competitive?
8: I think LSU's got no shot, to yep. be quite honest, because these Georgia players are very amped up to win an SEC championship game. They have lost their last three appearances there. They have not won an SEC championship at Georgia since 2017. Um, a lot of the players that were on that team in 2019 are still on the team this year, in addition to the one that lost Alabama last year in the SEC championship game. I think they're to come out playing with their hair on fire to be quite honest. I don't think they want to hold anything back. They want to win this SEC championship game. I could see them getting up double digits there in the first half against LSU and just cruising the rest of the way, and we'll see what Jaden Daniels, at quarterback, can do for LSU. But this is a complete mismatch in my eyes, and I think LSU is going to end for a beatdown today in Atlanta. Oh, my.
5: Sorry, so it, <laughs> I, I react because it, it did look like the that TCU was going to get off the field here, uh, but a busted coverage and Howard yeah. gets a completion downfield. So, sorry, Danny, go ahead.
6: No, I was just going to say that, Brandon, when you're talking about that game, and then you see, you know, your thought process with Georgia just stomping it down. How does that kind of affect the total here? This is where I'm a little bit more drawn to with it being at 52. If you think Georgia does control this game, offensively you say they're going to get up early, but is their defense also going to be completely controlling and limiting LSU? And would that kind of gravitate you toward the under, or will they get maybe then complacent in the second half and garbage time points can put them over? How How do you figure this total to go down?
8: That's difficult because I always go flashback to the Tennessee game and it's like, oh, Tennessee had a couple of touchdowns. Like, yeah, they had one late in garbage time in the last four minutes. You know, Georgia's point differential this year is nearly 27 points and they haven't allowed a single opponent to score more than 22 all season long. So I think you're kind of playing with fire there. If you're trying to go over, I'd go under on that point total right now. Because this could end up being like a 35 to six game or 35 to 10 game, instead of us potentially seeing Georgia score in the fourth, I, I just don't see that happening with Georgia's offense.
5: Brandon, we are up against it, but thank you very much for the time today. Appreciate it. Good luck later and enjoy the games. All right, thanks, guys. Got it. So, Danny, a, an update for our audience very quickly. So, uh, it was a broken coverage and it was a nifty little like one-handed snag pulled back into the body uh, by the uh, Kansas State receiver, but there is a chance that the tip of the ball hit the grass. Hit, yeah. So they are. I think this over do you think so? Because I haven't really gotten a good look at it yet.
6: Yeah, based on what I'm seeing at least and how these type of plays have been called in the past, I'd be shocked if it stands. Again, it, it took a while to get the good angle to make it look like it hit the ground, but once they started showing the different perspective, it seems like it clearly does. Pretty
5: big if that's the case because that would be a fourth down if this is ruled incomplete and a fourth and seven at that, so they wouldn't be going for it. All right, we'll take our break, give you the ruling on this when we come back and much more here on v Live Bet Saturday.
7: And I hung up on him. (laughs) Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it.
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: It not my That's my day. My goodness, bro.
4: Bro. <laughs> <laughs>
3: There's plenty to celebrate in March and expect. craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free
5: this is live bet saturday on v the sports betting network Hey, everybody. A reminder for all of you today. You. Sorry, I'm having a brain fart here. Even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA, man. Come on, check it out. You can download it now. Parlay wager of four legs or more, and if you miss one leg, you'll receive up to $25 back. Just opt in this promotion at BetMGM's website or app. With one-game parlay, you can make selections within a single NBA game, including team and player props. So go ahead. Take your favorite NBA star to score big. The home team to cover and the over in points. Opt into the promotion to place a one-game NBA parlay wager. Uh, four legs or more, and you'll get up to 25 bucks back if one leg misses. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Uh, rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. I was uh, hypnotized because TCU... Um, uh, big, big turn of events here. So the completed pass is overturned. They get the ball back after a punt, big play downfield from Duggan to his receiver gets them down there. Another big run too, as well, from Amari DiMarcato on a big run. And just like that, TCU is inside the 30 yard line at k State. Uh, Duggan's got to be a little bit better, uh, on that big play down the left, uh, call it like the left hash mark. I thought he threw it behind his guy, uh, threw him down maybe a little bit, but regardless, we've got a third and about five right now. Actually, we'll call it third and three, You got to get something going because you got less than a minute left here to go, Danny. Yeah, now we
6: see the spread. Well, it was just had two in the hook and plus 110 for TCU, but it kind of annoys you because you're like, where's this been the entire game out of TCU's offense? This is the Horned Frogs offensive scheming that we've been accustomed to this whole season. It seemed like they were playing so timid and kind of nervous and just felt the pressure. But in this kind of hurry up style offense with the clock taken down, finally, they're not thinking it. They're not overthinking, I suppose, and just kind of letting loose. So that's what they're going to have to implement in the second half. Hopefully after, for our sake, they can get a score before the end of the first half.
5: Yeah, and um, so this is going to be an incomplete pass to the sideline. It's going to be a fourth and three with 34 seconds left to go, and they're going to line up to kick this. 42-yard attempt. Remember, they missed a 55-yard attempt earlier in the game. Snap down, kick up, kick is going to be good. So we have a 14-10 game left to go uh, with uh, 25 seconds in the first half. But I think this is not to take away anything from Kansas State, but and I'm probably looking at this through some... uh, Uh, a a jaded sense of analysis. There's a lot of mistakes that we're talking about with TCU. You mentioned a couple of them. I mentioned the missed kick, the throw downfield that was missed by Duggan and a wide open receiver, the fumble. Uh, This has been one where I think TCU wants his first half back just because, I mean, there's a really good argument to be made that this team should be leading at the half as opposed to trailing by four.
6: Yeah, and and really the thing is, too, defensively, they have had great stops, especially on that fourth and short, and that fumble clearly kind of screwed any momentum that they were going to have afterward. They probably would have scored a touchdown on that drive because it was a huge play, and just knowing what kind of offense they could get after a big play, we already saw when they got their first touchdown but the defense has to do a better job at stopping the run, right? You got to limit them. You can't let them get those big chunk yardage plays on first down on second down, making it third and short. And even for the questionable fourth and short plays that is really set up Kansas state nicely. Like if they're going to beat you deep downfield, A couple of times they did that once when it led to their first touchdown, so be it. But you can't let them control momentum, control the clock by keep running it and running it and pushing your guys back on on their heels and then wearing out your defense. So hopefully they can make adjustments with that. Again, giving up 14 to Kansas State in a game that we probably thought was going to be a higher scoring battle isn't terrible, don't get me wrong. But it's because it hasn't been the explosive plays from Kansas State. It's been them just pushing the attack on the ground. So that needs to be an adjustment they got to make. And then, of course, offensively, TCU, just don't overthink it. Go back to what you know. Do the same things that got you here. And, you know, we can only hope that the pressure kind of subsides for what appears to be on Max Duggan. And if you think that can come together, I know it's a mouthful, I know it's a lot, I do think TCU's still the rightful side because JBT Kansas State has had multiple opportunities to really open this game wide open, and TCU luckily has kind of contained them. So uh, I do think TCU will capitalize in the second half, and if you haven't gotten involved, I would recommend it on the Horn Frogs.
5: Do you think it's the right decision to kick that right now?
6: It's funny. I was thinking that. I, I, from that far, based on your kicker missing earlier, it wouldn't have been the most promising decision to make, but the fact they didn't have any timeouts, I think it ultimately is the right decision. If they had like one or two timeouts, I think you'd go for it. But uh, I don't hate it in the end, of course, because he made it. But uh, yeah, I, I was a little shocked on fourth and three, but then once I realized they didn't have timeouts, it makes sense.
5: I felt like they should have gone for it, personally. I've, I just I feel like you want to get aggressive when you've left so much on the table. Yeah. Uh, the win probability numbers would say it's a, it's you kind of go for it. Again, I know people love win probability, uh, but a, a go for it there would have increased your win probability by about 2.9%. But regardless, 14-10 to score at the half. Will Howard sacked there to end the first half. So it's a 14-10 game. K-State up on top of the Big 12 championship title. And uh, as I see Max Duggan walk off the field without his helmet, it totally looks like that TikTok kid. Like 100% looks like this TikTok kid. I'm going to have to send you a picture. Once you see him, Danny, you're going to be like, I know who you're talking about. And yes, Max Duggan looks exactly like this dude right now. So we'll give you a second half number uh, for K-State and TCU. Um, Given where we were at with this pre-flop total... And what, aside, I'll say that from a half perspective, more than likely TCU, the favorite second half, and sure enough, yes, there it is. TCU I've got is a two-and-a-half point favorite second half here with a total of 27 and a half. so that would put you right on that pre, uh, pre-flop spread of about one. Um, it would make some sense, and you mentioned it, Danny, I mean, if you're not involved in any way, shape, or form now, I wouldn't say no to backing TCU because uh, observationally they are the team that I think has had more opportunities here snuffed out as opposed to what we've seen from Kansas State.
6: And they get the ball first, I believe, to start the second half, if I'm not mistaken, because I think they had that first defensive stop, then got the ball back and scored a touchdown. So uh, it's great that they got that score. That's why also at the end of the day, too, I'm not too ticked off about them settling for the field goal because at least they got over the hump and did tack on the points and give more confidence here. kicker who missed one earlier, and it was even kind of shady with that first extra point. So, uh, yeah, look for them to come out right away with a good game plan offensively speaking, plus 105 is what you're seeing for this game. I don't know if I'm going to double dip necessarily, JBT. I might. Uh, We'll see how this Dr. Pepper challenge goes with our side bet that we have for it. And if I got some house money, I may get involved again. Yeah.
5: But uh, when when these guys, when we see these people take the field, we're taking you and I are going to wager on who we think is going to win this Dr. Pepper challenge. Absolutely. Um, We'll
6: have our producer, Elliot, set the lines, and then you and I will play it from there.
5: Can I just say also, so I want to say something really quickly. Alabama and Alabama fans, you are a a rich and storied history. They have a rich and storied history in college football. You've won many national championship games. Do not stoop to this level that I am now seeing on social media of essentially begging your way into the college football playoff. You don't deserve to be in, and we're starting to see it now. Uh, Ryan Fowler, who uh, hosts a a radio show out there in Tuscaloosa on the game, tweeting out, TCU, not playoff caliber. Nothing about them looks like a team ready to compete for a national championship game. The Alabama players being recorded, I don't know if you saw this, Danny, singing, just give us a chance, give us a chance, let us into the college football playoff. You had your opportunity. Don't do this. (laughs) Don't do this. You're better than this. You don't deserve to be in this year. You're not getting in this year, and that's that. I just I don't want to see a storied history like a program like that just stoop to these levels to get back in. Just stop. It's it's unbecoming of you.
6: Yeah, it's really annoying, too. You're right. Like From a player perspective, you had your chances. Why are you relying on other teams? If you have to do that, you probably recognize you don't deserve to be in in the first place. And look, every game is difficult. This is the second time that TCU and Kansas State have seen each other. We knew it wasn't going to be easy. There are going to be some sloppy spots. I think TCU is going to figure it out and it'll be okay. But come on. I mean, it's not like Kansas State's a terrible team. There's always shenanigans within this conference. And there's been shenanigans every game with TCU. This is nothing new. But yeah, I'm kind of sick of it, too. And I think, you know, Tim put it best. Uh, Tim Brando, when we were talking earlier, I mean, think about just the lack of trust that everybody will have in this committee, and you'll really just see you know, how biased it is. I personally, and I have nothing against Alabama. I'm not someone who just completely hates on them. I'm indifferent. But it's like, I don't care to see him in there again because I have been interested to watch so many of their games, JVT, and it's really been a letdown. Like, that Tennessee game was a blast, and the LSU game was fun. But in other spots, and the reason those were fun because the other teams came out on top, but the other spots have been like, this wasn't as good as it was cracked up to be. Alabama just clearly isn't top dogs like they've been the past several seasons. They do not deserve to be in the spot. I would rather see Ohio State in there. I would be interested to see a team like TCU, who does deserve it and typically wouldn't get that recognition, give a chance in this spot. So I'm with you. I'm tired of the
5: narrative. Yeah, Bama totally looked like a, a playoff caliber team when it was scuffling with the Quinn Ewerless Texas Longhorns at the beginning yeah. of the season or losing to, frankly, an LSU team that's not very good. And uh, by the way, you talk about playoff caliber that LSU team that you lost to. By everybody keeps saying the final possession is a seventeen and a half point underdog to Georgia today. (laughs) So uh, let's come on, let's get this serious. By the way, Veasan live up on Twitter, uh, you let us know your best bet for the second half of TCU and K State. Got the options up there. You want to lay it with TCU at the second half at minus two and a half. You want to take it with K State. You want to go over twenty seven and a half or under twenty seven and a half. I'm going to vote. I'm going to go TCU and right now TCU minus two and a half, uh, the lead option. 41.2% of our voters say TCU second half is the option. Well, let's see if it's the option. We'll keep track of that as we enter our third hour here of Live Bet Saturday. Give you updates on everything going on in the other sports, too. We'll get a deep dive in the ACC Championship preview with Eric McLean, who's going to join us in this hour. Don't go anywhere. Live Bet Saturday here on vCin, the Sports Betting Network.